Hello, I'm Jonathan Mast, and welcome to this edition of the Sedgwick Podcast. Uh, we have another very interesting Sedgwick subject matter expert with us today, Neil Wright, who is Director of Professional Liability Claims uh, for Sedgwick. And Neil, uh, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I'm pleased to be here and be able to yeah, share some stuff about what we do. Absolutely. Well, before we jump in, uh, if you want know, to just give a quick overview of your your background, and uh, you know, for us, I know you've been with Sedgwick, uh, but you know, you've definitely made a, a jump in your uh, geographical location and and things. So, you know, just want to give everybody a quick overview of kind of your your past, real fast. That would be great. Absolutely. So. I'm originally from the UK, so I started my insurance career in 2005. Uh, I've spent the last 18 years specializing in liability claims. Um, in 2016, I had the opportunity to go out to Australia with my family, uh, working for a competitor of Sedgwick at the time. Um, so over the roughly the last 10 years, I've specialized in uh, professional liability claims and all the, all the different varieties of that that there is. And then most recently was the head of liability for the Australian business for Sedgwick before moving over to the U.S. with Sedgwick in uh, our professional liability team as a director. So I've been in the U.S. now since April and based in Los Angeles in California. Well, we are thrilled to have you here in the States, but know you bring a wide uh, background and, and rich uh, history. And well, Neil, let's dive in and talk about professional indemnity insurance. It's also referred to as professional liability or errors and omissions. So define this coverage for our listeners, because I, I know it can get confusing when you're throwing around different terms. Yeah, sure. And I think um, in a simplistic way, uh, the, the clue is kind of in the name. So, you know, people quite often confuse professional liability policies or professional indemnity policies as the more broadly known with general liability and it's really about the type of people that need those policies that's the that's the primary difference so um, a professional indemnity policy is really intended to cover um, any liability of, of an insured who may breach their contract with another person in some way so um, Typically, they are professional people, hence that's why it's called professional indemnity. So examples would be, you know, lawyers, um, medical practitioners, um, accountants, architects. So really those experts that, you know, people rely on to provide expert services and people rely on these, those people's advice. Um, and often if, if they make a mistake with their professional advice or guidance, there's financial implications for that. So um, that's essentially what a professional indemnity policy is intended to do um, and where that really differs from uh, general liability policies is a general liability policy is just there to cover a, a person's liability to the public at large and I'll go into a little bit more detail later um, but that's the primary difference. It's really the nature of the services that are provided to the potential person who might have a claim um, and the closeness of that relationship and the, the degree to which a person might rely on that person's advice or professional services uh, and what the ultimate outcome or potential liability arising out of those services will be. Yeah, that's very helpful. And 
and you uh, you helped on the on the other one I was going to ask about, which was general liability and and getting those kind of lanes uh, laid out for us. And if we if we look at the next thing, which is how is the language in professional indemnity policies different than what is seen in the general liability policy, which you you laid out very nicely there in the first part. Yeah, so the, the, the primary, there's, some, there's a couple of very key differences. Um, the first one is, so with any insurance policy, um, it's referred to in different ways, but it, it's called a, an insuring agreement, or some people call it an operative clause. And it's right at the start of the policy, and it's effectively the promise that insurers make to their customers that if something happens, they're effectively saying what they will pay. And, and then the rest of the policy does a lot of work to define what that actually means in practice. But there's a real key fundamental difference in professional indemnity claims, uh, sorry, in professional indemnity policies um, versus general liability policies, and that is... Um, under a general liability policy, there's a requirement that if somebody is, suffers from the negligence of the insured's actions, there has to be a personal injury or property damage that arises out of that negligence. And the reason for that is to do with the law of tort and the way that the rights that the general public have, uh, that if somebody does something negligent, and somebody suffers injury, they have a right to pursue that person for any financial loss that arises out of it. But because of the, the law of tort and, and the requirements for it, there has to be some type of property damage or personal injury that that financial loss is, is, is attached to. And it's, they call it a, a floodgates argument. So if, if there wasn't personal injury or property damage, there would, the courts would be overburdened with claims for such a wide, um, you know, variety of people that can claim for such a wide variety of circumstances, there has to be a line in the sand um, to prevent the courts just being overburdened with claims. So a typical example I always give when it comes to tort claims under a general liability policy is if you're a contractor that is working on a multi-lane highway and for some reason you, call that, you cause that highway to be blocked, if that rule in tort isn't there to say that well, unless your financial loss arises out of injury or bodily damage, uh, personal injury or property damage, then ostensibly anybody who was on the highway for that day that might have been late for an appointment or a business meeting, they could all claim against that contractor and there would be thousands and thousands of claims and it's just not equitable or in the public interest for the liability of a person's actions to go that far. So that really restricts the law is what restricts the, the cover that's available under the policy because the general liability policy is intended to cover people's liability at law. And that's, it's not the policy that restricts those claims that can be made. It, it, the, the policy is written to reflect the legal position. Whereas within a professional indemnity policy, um, there is no requirement for any loss to be, to arise out of personal injury or property damage and that's really if you think about if we take um an accountant for example if if you have a if you have a contract with an accountant that files your taxes and they make a mistake the consequences of that mistake will be probably financial loss you may incur a tax liability because the taxes have been filed incorrectly or a rule hasn't been adhered to 
So typically, they would, there wouldn't be any injury or property damage as a result of that negligent behavior. So really, the language in the insuring clause of a professional indemnity policy refers to financial loss, not personal injury and property damage, because that liability would arise under contract, and that would be the logical consequences of a mistake that might be made by a professional person. It would almost always be, except probably in the rare case of um, probably medical malpractice is, a, is, is probably an exception to that rule because if a, you know, if a, a medical practitioner makes a mistake, that could lead to injury. But in almost most other cases, um, it would normally be a, some type of pure financial loss, which can only arise under contract at law and, and not to the general population. So it, it's the difference in the legal positions that reflect the changes in the language. So if, if you know, expanding on that, uh, that great definition, and uh, I, I didn't know a lot of that, so that was, that was really helpful. Uh, who is the target audience for professional indemnity policies, and, and what are the benefits uh, for having them? The target policy is, is really professional people, and it's anybody that provides expert advice uh, or advice that where somebody there's an agreement covering a relationship between two parties and someone is really going to be impacted financially if that advice is incorrect. So, um, you know, that, that could be medical practitioners. Um, you know, it's very common for medical malpractice people to have professional indemnity insurance, professional liability cover in case, you know, and that covers not just, you know, uh, surgeries and procedures. It covers, you know, the types of claims we see in the medical malpractice arena is also, you know, failure to diagnose. You know, um, people, unfortunately, at times, you know, not being diagnosed when they should have been of certain illnesses, and that can cause onward effects in terms of people's health and their financial position in terms of additional medical bills. Um, but, yeah, the, aside with, with the, the medical side of it, just set, set, set aside for a moment, um, you'd be looking at lawyers. We do legal practice liability here at Sedgwick. So, you know, lawyers acting for people in personal injury claims in respect to, you know, property transactions. If, you know, if the, if the title to a property isn't um, assigned correctly, um, architect's liability, sometimes if a mistake has been made by an architect, it can, it can lead to increased building costs to correct the mistake later. Uh, so that's another good example. Engineers. So typically people that have a, you know, a degree, at least a bachelor's degree level background and somebody that would need to be licensed in order to do the job that they do. So insurance brokers is another example that, you know, they need to carry a certain license and if they fail to set up someone's insurance arrangements correctly, that can lead to financial loss for that person if they're not adequately covered when it comes to the claim time if something happens so they're, they're just some examples it's really that closeness of that real reliance on someone's expertise uh, and then the potential financial consequences thereof if something happens later well that leads us to the the most uh, consequential question which is when there is a claim how do our experts at Sedgwick one help clients reduce costs two maximize resources and three, achieve financially down professional indemnity programs that help yep. them the most. Yeah, I think it really comes down to exposure to the, 
you know, these types of claims are very, very complex in terms of coverage. You know, it's important to understand. I think if you're dealing with a, a professional person, such as the legal industry, uh, it's important to understand that industry as well, not just the specific uh, nuances of a claim. It's important to understand the market as a whole. So where we specialize in professional liability, we have divisions within professional liability itself that are assigned to these industries. So we, we do you know, professional medical negligence, healthcare liability. We have a team that specializes in legal, um, legal practice liability. We have teams that deal with environmental liability. So, and it's really that specialism in those markets that give us kind of an insight. We, we, can, we can really understand the issues that the insurer are experiencing and their insurers are experiencing on being in that claim with them. Having that specialist knowledge, I think, is really critical to getting good outcomes for our clients. Most of our staff in our division have a, a legal background. Um, many have practiced law, so, and we have nurse practitioners in our medical malpractice team. So, you know, it's really applying very specialist knowledge to the circumstances of the claim and being understand being able to understand the claim from the insured's perspective because of the similar backgrounds of the claims handlers to the to the insured who are going to experience in a claim. Um, and the the other ways we help uh, we have we do a lot of analytics for our clients. So um for the insurers that we handle and the you know the insurers we handle claims programs for we're able to analyze lost data and identify trends through our proprietary software, um, which really helps our clients manage their portfolios in terms of risk, um, understand trends and patterns in, to, in, in the types of claims they're receiving, whether that's kind of a certain type of, for example, a certain type of law that's generating a lot of claims because of industry trends or whether it's a geographical thing, you know, the, it really helps. We, we feed that information back to our clients and that can help them make better underwriting decisions in the future. So it's more that that's the preventative side of what we do. It's not always just reactive in dealing with the claim. We can use that data to reduce risk for our clients in the future. That all makes uh, a, a lot of sense. And so uh, before we go, any any last thoughts, any uh you know, any advice to our listeners uh, on if they if they have questions or wondering what to do next? Uh, obviously, they can visit Sedgwick.com. Uh, but any uh, any last thoughts? Any final pieces of wisdom before we close out, Neil? I think um, I just think education is important. I think um, you know quite often we see you know clients they 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 will they'll write business. And um, obviously, they get the right expertise when claims happen. But I think proactivity is key. I think really understanding the market and, and you know, partnering with claims people before pol- before programs are written, I think is, in my experience, I've been kind of in the market for 18 years now. And I think where I've seen those programs that have really taken a proactive approach to risk reduction and risk and um, handling claims, those tend to be I've seen, you see better outcomes over the long run when when it's more of a proactive approach. So, you know, we, we always uh, are happy to provide advice in advance and, you know, work with potential clients to, to look at how we can actually help them reduce their risk before their programs go into place. I think 
being prepared is better than, you, you know, a better preparation plan is always better than a good reaction plan. So I would encourage anybody that does write professional indemnity insurance to really, from a claims perspective, although that the claims function is always very separate to the underwriting function, to really think about that collaboration early and how they can set that program up for success from the outset. Well, Neil, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the podcast, and we, we certainly look forward to having you on again. I know you have a lot of, uh, a lot of expertise, and there's more that we can dig into, uh, so many topics, and uh, I think our listeners will, will want to join us. But uh, otherwise, thanks for being here, and um, My pleasure. we look forward to having you bet. And uh, to our listeners, uh, we will talk to you again soon on the next podcast.